Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. It's okay. You could talk back to me. How are you guys doing? You good? You look good. I have a sermon for you today. I am fired up this morning. I get to share a little bit of my testimony and talk today about God as the creator. So the sermon title today in our series about talking about who God is today, specifically, we're going to talk about God is creator. He's the one who has made everything. He is the one. We look at creation and all of creation points to him. So we're going to talk about that today. I want you to turn your Bibles to Psalm 8. I don't think there's a better passage of scripture for talking about how majestic the name of the Lord is and how all of creation, including ourselves, because he has made us like the crown of his creation, that we, all of creation, points to just how awesome and majestic the name of the Lord is. So Psalm chapter 8, would you stand with me? Let me uh, read this psalm for us, uh, the beautiful psalm. It says, Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You set your glory in the heavens and through the lips, the mouths of children and infants, you have established a stronghold to silence the foe and the avenger. And then it says, verse three, when I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have set in place, what is mankind that you're mindful of him? Human beings that you care for him. You made him a little lower than angels and you crowned him with glory and honor. You made him rulers over the works of your hands. You put everything under their feet, all the flocks and herds, the animals of the wild, the birds of the sky, the fish of the sea, all that swim on the paths of the sea. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be, Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Christ, you are in our midst. And Lord, we pray that you, God, the creator, would you be the crescendo of this sermon? Would you be the loudest part that all of this sermon, the word of God, and Lord, this house, the people in it, Lord, may it all point to you, the author, the creator. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. We praise you, we worship you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and all God's people at New Life Manitou shouted, amen. amen, amen. You may be seated. Let's just jump right in, shall we, to a three-point sermon. Uh, why not? That's what we usually do. Point one is this. Uh, each point is going to be God is creator, and there's, there's going to be kind of like a subtext to it. The first point is calling it good. So this whole sermon is about God creator and specifically right now he creates and then he calls it good. He does seven times. If you read and start off in the book of Genesis, you open up your Bible. It says in the beginning, uh, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and void. And then he goes on to say, God created light and he saw the light and he saw that it was good. And then he creates day one, day two, three, four, five, six. And then he looks at all of his creation. He sees the whole thing and calls it very good. I want you to know this morning, some of you may just need to know this and be reminded of this, that the creation is good. I know the world is broken. I know things are not perfect. I know there's sin. I know the effects of sin, but the world has been created and called by God to be good. 
God loves you. God loves you. You're his crowning creation. And you, we want you to know this, this sermon, God has made you good, the creation good. And he is revealing himself and redeeming and bringing order to his creation. So the other day I got to go ice climbing. Anybody, anybody ever get to go ice climbing? Okay, well, look at all the hands. Okay, it's, it's a fun thing to do. It's very scary. You're climbing up a waterfall of ice. And I took some friends who had never been ice climbing. Uh, they're worship uh, leaders for New Life Downtown, Aaron and Travis. And uh, they ice climbed. They said, oh, this is so awesome. Joe, you get to do this stuff all the time. Your, your hobbies are uh, camping and hiking and fishing and just getting outside. Anybody else have hobbies like that where you get outside? Me too. And so they said on the car, car ride back home, they were asking about like, so, so Joe, you're a theological person. You're a philosophical person. You've probably given this a lot of thought. What is it about getting outside that you like so much? Like, well, why is this a big part of your life? And I said without hesitation, well, it's because we're in creation and we're enjoying the creation in a way that points to the creator. We get to live in Colorado, right? A pretty awesome place to do this kind of stuff where the creation, where we look at the majesty of the Lord, like Psalm 8 says, Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. And you've done all these things, the sun and the moon and the flocks and the fields and the birds. It's all your creation and it points to you. Now, part of my testimony, I'm gonna share a little bit of my testimony. You know what a testimony is, right? It's your story. It's, it's God's testament of what he has done in your life. If you believe in God, well, then you have a testimony, something God has done in your life. And if you're just visiting, if you're seeking today and you're like, I don't know if I believe all this, this is a great sermon. I'm, I'm really glad you're here this morning because we're gonna talk about who the creator is. And because my story, my testimony, I had a moment in my life in high school where I was a seeker. I, I was struggling and wondering, do I believe? So this is a part of my testimony. Uh, I, I grew up going to church. My parents, I think, are watching online. Hi, mom. Hi, dad. Um, they raised me going to church. I went to church. I went to Sunday school. I had perfect attendance in Sunday school for years and years. I was just went to church and I believed in God because I went to church and I went to church because I believed in God. And it was just like as a kid and as a middle schooler, it was just, oh, we believe because we go to church and we go to church and we believe. That's just who we are. That's what we do. And I never really like began to question my own faith until high school. I had a teacher, it was uh, high school biology. And I had a teacher, it was one of the first times in my life, an authority figure in my life was very adamant against God. She was an atheist. And she had all these explanations for why she didn't believe in God and why she told us as a class, a little high schoolers, why we shouldn't believe in God. She said, oh, there's this thing, this theory called the Big Bang Theory. And it just, you know, things just came out of that. And doesn't that explain everything? Doesn't that just explain away God? And she had a theory about the, the beginnings of life. She talked about the primordial soup. Have you heard this theory? That there was primordial soup and maybe it was like a hot spring next to the ocean and there was lipids and fatty acids and proteins and maybe that formed into RNA, which formed into DNA, which became self-replicating and we have the beginnings of life. She had all of these theories, like the best of science on her side and she was proclaiming to this little class of high schoolers in which I was in that God did not exist. 
And I began to wonder, like, what do I believe about God? I've just always kind of taken it for granted, I guess. I go to church, I believe in God, um, and, and, but is this really what I believe? And it became, in my 10th grade year of high school, this season of skepticism, this season of doubt. Like, what, what is the world? Is there a creator or is there not? And it began searching for God and using my mind and reasoning through arguments for the existence of God. I went to a youth group, met some fellow Christians. One of them is a guy named Bo Bannister who be kind of became a mentor in my life. He was one year older than me. His birthday's tomorrow. Bo Bannister, happy birthday if you're watching this. Um, but he's probably not because he's another pastor. He grew up and became a pastor just like me. And we began to have conversations at lunch where I would bring up some of these things about what I was learning in science class as a biology student and what I was learning in church. And I would begin to ask him, well, what about this? What about creation? What about the six days? What about, you know, gap theories? What about old earth and young earth? And what about all this? Does the primordial soup, does, does that explain away the need to believe in God, the big bang theory? And he would systematically go through the questions that I had and point me to God, point me back to the Bible. And it was through through this year that I realized like the, what the science teacher is claiming is that it's just really all by chance. And what I began to understand and learn for myself and to believe is that there is no chance that this is all by chance. Like that's what I was like, there's no way, there's no way that this is all the, the design and the world that we live in. There is no chance that this is all just by chance. And so I became a believer in God, a believer in a creator. I became a creationist. And I think if you believe in, in the Bible, if you're a Christian, well, then you're a creationist because you believe in a creator. That's what a creationist believes in, that there is a creator. And I know, I know, uh, it's, uh, there's under this umbrella of creationism, there are different views of like old earth, young earth, gap theory creationists, uh, day age creationists, theistic evolution creationists, how God created can be debated and discussed. And that's really not the time for right now because I'll just make everybody mad talking about different views. And it's like, well, that's a silly view because this is, it's like, listen, we're all creationist. If you hold to Jesus as Lord, if you hold to the Bible as scripture, then we are creationist. We believe that God has created. There's debate about how amongst Christians, but we are creationists. In fact, our creed, the creed that New Life Manitou, New Life Church uses as the creed for what we believe is the Nicene Creed. Dates back to the 300s AD when Christians gathered together and said the very words of Jesus, said the very words, very words of scripture, rested upon earlier creeds like the Apostles' Creed, and said, here's what we believe. Here's the opening lines. We'll put it on the, the screen here. In Nicene Creed, we believe, let's, let's say it together, we believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, all that is seen and unseen. We'll just leave it there. Like these are the opening lines to what we believe as humans, as, as, as Christians, as believers in the creator and followers of Jesus, we believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, the maker of heaven and earth, the maker of heaven and earth, of all that is, of, of what? Of all that is seen and unseen. The Lord, the God that we worship is the creator. 
Point number two is this. God is the creator bringing order. God is the creator bringing order. You know, we see right in the beginning of the pages of the Bible, it says that in, in the beginning was God and he created the heavens and the earth and it was formless and it was void. And out of this formlessness and voidness that God created, he begins to bring order to it. That is what God does. He brings order. And I see that in the creation. That's part of my testimony, studying science and biology and reasoning. Like, do I believe in what the science teacher was saying in in high school or do I believe in a creator? And I, I began to realize that I can study science and in science find the creator, that the design points to a designer. And so uh, when I graduated high school, I went to college and you have to decide what you're going to major in. I decided to major in biology. I was so enthralled that we can study the world around us and find the creator in his creation. And so I took all sorts of classes, zoology, study of animals, botany, study of my favorite class, uh, it was the upper division level class. It was one of my final classes uh, before I graduated was uh, ornithology, study of birds. Wow, lots of you know that. Good job, guys. So I was in this bird class, one of my favorite classes. And all throughout college, I really hoped, I had these high expectations that I was going to bring God into the midst of science classes and discussions and and people. I just had imaginations that people would come to the Lord and I would proclaim the gospel in science class, that I would be a light in a dark place. And instead, through the four and a half years of my college education, I was crushed under the weight of other students and teachers and continually made fun of for being that guy, for being the Christian in the room. For like, I remember this ornithology class, study of birds. I was, uh, we were looking at uh, skeletons of birds and this girl was looking at the skeleton of a wing and, and she was just making this note. They're like, it looks just like a hand, like a hand that, that has elongated and that's the bird's wing. And she was like, how can you believe in God? That's so stupid. Like, can't you see that the skeleton of the hand and the bird look similar? So only an idiot would believe in God, right? And other students like chimed in, even the teacher chimed in. It was like, yeah, Joe, that's so silly. Why would you believe in God? Doesn't this bird wing just, and I was just like, man, I'm getting beaten up here. Like this, I went to the bathroom and like a little middle school girl, I was just sitting in there like crying to myself, like thinking, man, God, where are you? Like I had such high expectations that I would be bringing salt and light into this dark science field of area of study and and biology. And instead I'm just constantly at first like getting made fun of in funny ways, but then like people really like, crushing me with their arguments and thoughts that were against God. And I had an idea, like I believe in the creator and I see in the creation that it points to a who. And so I wondered like, oh, I have a, I set up myself in, in, in my mind, like I'm gonna set up a little trap for my fellow students. So I went out of the bathroom and I had some coins. I set the coins, I just set them on the table in front of the bird bones and and. And I just waited, a little trap, a little philosophical trap for my fellow students. And I just waited. And someone, it was the girl, like the bird hand bone girl, she said, who put these coins here? And I was like, aha, 
You said, who put the coins here? And I went on. I said, well, the, the coins could have just landed like that, right? Like someone's pocket change falls out of people's pockets. Could have landed on the table. Could have stacked itself. Uh, just rolled like that. Could have, right? She's like, stupid. Who, who would think that? Someone put them here. Who put them here? There's not supposed to be coins on the, on the bird lab table. Who put them here? And I was like, well, they could have, you know, someone could have put a purse down or a bag and they could have just fell out and landed one on top of each other. And she's like, no, that's ridiculous. Who put it here? And I was like, do you see where I'm going with this? Like, I'm looking at the bird bones. You're looking at the coins. You look at the coins. You know, they could have just rolled like that. It's possible. It's plausible. They could have landed like that. But you ask who? Instantly, you ask who set the coins here? I'm asking that same question about the bird bones. They're hollow. They're perfect for flight and giving this creature the gift of flight through the air. I asked that same question. Who put the bird bones here? And she was just like, Huh? I never thought about it like that. And other students like chimed in like, huh, I, I, interesting, Joe. Like that's interesting. Like you see the creator in the creation and it was a beautiful turning point in my college career of like, yes, the creation points to the creator and it can be seen. The Lord, when he is doing his work, order comes out of the Lord's work. This is what the Lord does. The Lord orders things. And to encourage you, I think about your life and, and what you do, maybe as a job, maybe just as a mom or a dad or in life, like what you do in your life, in your days, wherever you can bring order, this is the work of the Lord. I think about people cleaning or people fixing things or people making things, people serving, people cooking. This is all bringing order into the world. And when you bring order, you're a part of God's work. I think of this uh, famous quote from Mr. Rogers. You know Mr. Rogers' neighborhood? Mr. Rogers, you know, he's a Christian. Do you know he was an ordained uh, Presbyterian pastor? Did you know that? It's a fascinating guy. Um, there was a quote of him, I think it was somewhere after uh, a, a school shooting. There was like a school shooting and Mr. Rogers was uh, talking to kids and he was explaining like what to do when there's tragedy and chaos and, and, and scary things happening and, and the, the world is in disarray. He said, look for the, look for the helpers. Did you, have you heard this quote before? Kids, look for the helper. When everything is falling apart, when there is chaos, look for the helpers, the ones who are bringing order. There's always gonna be helpers. And we as Christians, like, we're the helpers. We are the ones seeing God, seeing his goodness despite tragedy and bringing order. When we bring order, we're doing the work of God. The first point was uh, God created and, and makes things good. Second point, God is the creator. He brings order. Here's the third point. Point number three, God is creator and he reveals himself. He's revealing himself. This is what God does my testimony, you know, seeing the creation uh, and pointing, I, I believe, to the creator. You know, a lot of times uh, people who are skeptical of faith, a religion, a God, of people skeptical of Christianity, uh, I've heard them say, you know, why would God make it so hard uh, for us to see him? Have you heard this argument? It's, I remember going on a hike with someone. 
who was uh, an atheist, he would, he would join us. So we would go on these hikes on Friday mornings and we would pray for each other and stuff. And he wasn't a Christian, but he would just kind of sit politely uh, while we prayed and he would hike with us. He enjoyed the exercise and, and being on a hike with some other guys. Um, and one of the guys who hiked with us, he had a heart condition and he ended up passing away unrelated to the hike. And so later, a couple of months later, we decided to honor this guy and to bring a cross uh, up to the top of the mountain and place it uh, at the top of the mountain just to honor this guy who used to hike with us. And so we're on this hike. There was a couple of us that morning and the atheist was taking his turn carrying the cross, which is just a funny like image. Like here's an atheist carrying a cross, going up the mountain. And we began just to talk about faith and life and remembering uh, that our friend had, had passed away. It was just a very deep kind of weighty morning in our conversations. And he was saying that, you know, why would God make it so hard for him to be found by us? And I just had like, here, like, like I wonder if he's gonna go before the throne room of God at some point and he dies and he's standing before God and God just like shows him like the video clip of this moment. Here he is talking to a pastor, carrying a cross, wondering like why God made it so hard for him to find. Like that's God reveals himself, doesn't he? And sometimes all we need to do is ask like, well, well, why? Like, just keep asking this question. Like kids are born asking why, right? Why? Because I said so, that's why. Well, why? Well, why? Just, just, just stop asking. Like kids just ask why. And I try to, as a parent, be patient because those kinds of questions are actually really, really helpful for kids to ask the why. And so, uh, so I'm just thinking of like, uh, this proof for the existence of God. Would you like me to prove the existence of God for you? Okay, here, here it goes. Let me get a piece of paper for my notes. Are you ready for this? It's gonna be the proof for the existence of God. Are you ready? Now if I start asking why or how or what caused that, what just happened? You threw your notes. <laughs> How are you going to preach the rest of the sermon? <laughs> How or why? What caused the paper to go in the air? Well, you threw it. Duh. Well, what caused it? Well, I have a tricep muscle, right? And you're like, where's he going with this? this is weird. Like, what's going on? And he just threw his notes. Is he going off his notes? Yes, I'm going off the notes. Um, <laughs> So I threw it. So my tricep muscle, and you're like, well, what caused the tricep muscle to contract? And some of you that maybe studied biology or remember from high school biology, uh, there you could talk about respiration, ATP, mitochondria, and the muscle fibers, so on and so forth. So I was able to throw the paper because of my uh, muscle fibers contracted on my, my triceps, which I work out. And so I'm huge. And so that's how I was able to throw it. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, where is still like, where are you going with this? Uh, well, just keep asking the, like, what caused that? Well, well, how does the process of respiration work? How do muscle fibers, you know, if you expended energy to throw the paper, where did that come from? Uh, it came from, it didn't come from the muscles. Where did the energy come from? Well, it came from the food that I ate. Last night we had beef tacos. It was taco Tuesday on Saturday night. 
And uh, so I ate some beef. That's where the energy came from. Is everybody tracking with me? You're like, this is a bizarre proof for the existence of God, but I guess I'm tracking with you through the paper because the muscles, you got the energy from the muscles from the beef that you ate, the, the meat beef of the cow. Let's keep asking the question. Like, where did that energy come from? Well, I guess the, the cows eat Anybody know what cows eat? Cows eat grass. Okay, so you were able to throw the paper because of the grass? Like, I guess we could still keep asking the question, where does the grass gets, get its energy from? The sun, photosynthesis, and the sun. And you're like, okay, where's he going with this? So the sun's energy shining on the plants gave the energy to the cow, which gave the energy to me for me to throw the piece of paper. And so like, well, well where'd the sun get its energy from? And you could break it down. It's like, well, it's, it's kind of like hydrogen bombs going off and it's expending the solar radiation, energy, heat, light to the earth. That's where the plants got their energy from. And then you're like, well, where did the sun get it? That, like, where did that start from? And someone could say, well, maybe like a big bang that like, like pushed the sun and the stars and the moon and the planets and the motion. Like there was this ball of energy and matter that, and that big bang. You're like, okay. But then like, well, what, what was before that? What caused that? And someone could say, well, well, maybe it was a bigger bang that ended up making that bang. Then what? Like pretty soon you get into this argument where I pretty quickly and maybe like six or seven steps just asking the, well, what caused or the why or the how got to, well, as Aristotle would say, or as uh, Thomas Aquinas leaning on some of the writings of Aristotle would say, well, there has to be a first mover, like an unmoved mover to move that. There has to be an uncaused causer, an undesigned designer, someone, something that was, has always been that started the motion, an unstarted starter, something outside of this universe and world that started things. And we would say that's God. I just proved for you the existence of God. It's one of the cosmological arguments of the existence of God. God is creator. He brings order. When we look at the world, it seems like things are going to disarray and things are going to chaos. But where God shows up, he brings order and he reveals himself. And our role is to find him, is to see him, to see, to thank the Lord for him and his works. You know, here's one last illustration and I'll um, close with this. Um, imagine uh, on my birthday, my birthday's in August, in case anyone's wondering. I go out to the car and open the door, I get in and there is sitting a cupcake. Has anybody else been looking at this cupcake the whole time? Like, what's, he, what's that for? What's that? Can I eat that? Is he gonna talk about that? So I go out to my car, it's my birthday and there's a cupcake sitting on the dash. I'm like, oh, it's cool. Someone left me a cupcake. Who, who left me a cupcake? And I go back and inside, Erica, did you leave me a cupcake in the car? Thanks. And she's like, no, I didn't leave you a cupcake in the car. And now I'm like, well, this is weird. I have a cupcake. On my, someone knew it was my birthday and someone knew where I lived and someone knew how to get in my car. I think I locked it, but <laughs> did they break in just to leave a cupcake and lock it back up? This is... And so I could do three things. In my mind, it's probably more than that I could do. But one, the first thing I could do is just eat it. Mm. It's delish. 
let's eat and drink for tomorrow we die. Like we could, I could just eat it. I'm like, ah, who cares? Who left it? Let's enjoy it. It's really good. It's like velvety and chocolatey. Really good. I could just eat it and then go on living. That's the first thing I could do. A second thing I could do, and maybe this is more like my personality. Like I could try to like go full detective mode on this thing. Like, okay, all I have is this. There was no note, uh, no, no, I don't know, no proof that anybody even left. Like, who left this thing? I don't know. But I can study, like, okay, what temperature was it baked at? I could try to fig- figure that out. I could, like, it send some samples to labs, and they could let me know, is this a Betty Crocker frosting? Is this a homemade frosting? I could get the little uh, the chocolate shavings off, and I could figure out, is this Hershey's chocolate? Is this some other type of chocolate? Just go full detective mode on this thing kind of forgetting that it had been left for me. The third option is to really think about who must have left this cupcake. Like someone knew it was my birthday. Someone knew how to to find my house and to to get into the car and to leave me a gift. I think that third option is, is how we should reflect on the creation. To find the one who has made it and called it good and ordered it and who has revealed himself to us. These three things that I've said today, all, all of them, God is creator, God is creator, God is creator. The first one, God has made it good. He's called it good. The second one is he, he brings order. And the third one, he's revealing himself. These are all things that are true about us. He has created us. He's called us, his creation, good. And sure, we've wandered from that. We are in need of redemption. But he has made us good. He loves us. He has given us order. He brings order into our life. He has brought and is bringing order into our lives. And the third thing, he is revealing himself to us. So some of you, I just want to say this before I pray that if God is tugging on your heart, like I remember as a high school student, like really wondering and doubting and being in skepticism and and wondering like, do I believe in this? If you've come in here as a skeptic, and the Lord is pulling and tugging on your heart now. We, we want to know about that. We're going to have a prayer team up here. I'll be up here. Uh, Brett will be up here. And, and we'll pray for you and talk with you through this decision to follow God or rededicate your life to the Lord. But I want to take a moment. Would you bow your heads with me? We're going to pray to him who reveals himself to us. And the band, you guys can come forward. They're going to lead us in, a, in one last worship song. And so, Lord, we, 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 we are here in your presence, in your house. Lord, and we, um, we say that you're good. Lord, you are the creator. And Lord, we see in your creation, your hand. We see in the design, the, the, the evidence, the, the proof of a designer. But we see in motion that there must have been an unmoved mover. Lord, that's you, the one who, is, who has no beginning and no end, but Lord, you've created us. And Lord, you've you created this world. You've called it good. You've put us into places of order. You've, Lord, redeemed us. Lord, you stand at the door and you knock and you, you invite us to the, to the best dinner party that, that can be imagined, a dinner party with you giving yourself to us, the, the, your body broken for us, your blood shed for us. So Lord, as you stand at the door and knock, Lord, we open it to you. You're, you're revealing yourself, your holy, good, loving presence to us. And it's Lord with this that we, we praise you. We, th- we thank you for the gift of 
redemption, the gift of you revealing yourself to us, the gift of eternal life. So Lord, in this moment, as we prepare our hearts for communion, Lord, we praise you. We thank you in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.